the Lord has made. Woo! Now I got to get all my stuff together here. Hang on. <laughs> Can you beat Easter? Wow. What a day. We read in the Bible about great days, talked about as the great day, the day of the Lord, the last day, the great and terrible day of the Lord. Until that day, as the day approaches, this is the day the Lord has made. And I missed it. You didn't say it today, Joel. Isn't this a great day? I love hearing him say that. Uh, This day Easter is held by many if not most of us, to be the most important celebration in the church calendar. Bigger than Christmas, bigger than Pentecost, bigger than anything else. But I don't think that is big enough. Perhaps it can be better expressed in a song.
So consider these three unique reasons for the importance of Easter. First, Easter is the crowning feature of the unique story of Jesus the Christ. The combination of Christ's death and resurrection is the foundation of our hope for eternal life, for victory over death and sin. The death and resurrection is a primary feature, a unique feature of Christianity that separates it from all other religions, philosophies, and worldviews. For Jesus claimed to be God himself. And if he died as punishment for our sins, that would prove him absolutely just and holy, and love itself. If he rose, that would prove him Lord of all, and true in everything he said. If he didn't die, or if he didn't come back to life, then he was a liar, a lunatic who happened to teach more truth about God and man than anyone before or since. The resurrection by itself was and is a stumbling point for many otherwise intelligent, learned, and religious people. But the death and the resurrection, they're the most supernatural parts of the life of Christ, the parts that most separate him from all other men in history. And if he really did die without sin and come back to life by his own power, if he really does have power over death, sin, and the devil, if he really was who he said he was and can do what he says he can do, if there really is forgiveness for everything and eternal life for everyone who believes, then the death and resurrection of Christ are the events in this planet's history, bar none. Secondly, Easter offers a unique hope to mankind. This Easter, we remember that we didn't have Easter last year. Remember that? We had a podcast, which 
is better than nothing, but not the same. Me too. <laughs> this Easter, we remember those who are gone now with whom we made many memories celebrating Easter. We have perhaps a keener sense of what we actually celebrate today because we have all suffered a little or a lot to reach this great day. On this day, we celebrate the hope of life after death, of God's resurrection power over the grave, of joyful reunion beyond all grief as we see again the ones we love and miss, and our Savior himself. For Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. No one else, no other religion, no other story offers us as much as Christ. And Christ's offer is for anyone, for everyone, for he is the one, the only one, who suffered for us to get us back. In every other story, we're on our own. In every other story, there's no Savior. Easter reminds us that Christ stands alone when he offers salvation, rescue, healing, fulfillment, rewards, companionship. Everyone else offers you the chance to fail on your own. Third, Easter is an event unequaled in its unique importance to all of history. Christmas is a part of the story of Easter. Jesus came at Christmas. And all the things that make Christmas meaningful point to God's plan that requires his death for our sin and his resurrection for our eternal life. All the Old Testament promises and prophecies point to these events. All of the history recorded in the Old Testament is a reminder of God's power and mercy of our own helplessness. And all of the meaning in his second coming, the victory, the justice, the inarguable worthiness of Christ, all of that hinges on the accomplishment of the crucifixion and resurrection. As Joel Vasanen has said, it was the most important event Accomplished by the most important person on the most important day ever. So far. The Lord has had seven days of creation. He had a well-prophesied birthday. He's had a great day of victory over death and sin. And he had a most amazing and joyful third day surprise. He says he will have one last great day. A day of triumph and celebration. A day of terror and judgment. This last great day seems to be pretty important to him. Hear what is said in God's word in the Old Testament about what will happen on the last great day. The day that is yet to come. Isaiah 2.12 for a day belonging to the Lord of hosts is coming against all that is proud and lofty. Against all that is lifted up, it will be humbled. Isaiah 11.6 The wolf will live with the lamb, and a leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf, the young lion, and fatling will be together, and a child 
We'll eat them. Isaiah 13, 6. Wail, for the day of the Lord is near. It will come like destruction from the Almighty. Isaiah 13, 9. Look, the day of the Lord is coming, cruel with rage and burning anger, to make the earth a desolation and to destroy the sinners on it. Isaiah 63 goes into even more detail describing God's attitude on the day he returns to punish evil. Daniel chapter 9 says that until the end there will be war. Desolations are decreed. The end will come at the appointed time. Daniel 11.35 Some of the wise will fall so that they may be refined, purified, and cleansed until the time of the end. For it will still come at the appointed time. Daniel also mentions the abomination of desolation being set up in the temple as the signal to the beginning of troubles. Joel 1.15 says, Woe because of that day! For the day of the Lord is near and will come as devastation from the Almighty. Joel 2.31 The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and awe-inspiring day of the Lord comes. Amos 5 and 8 mentions the day of the Lord as having darkness and not light. The sun will go down at noon. In Obadiah chapter 1, verse 15, For the day of the Lord is near against all the nations. As you have done, so it will be done to you. What you deserve will return on your own head. Zephaniah chapter 1, verses 14 through 17. The great day of the Lord is near, near and rapidly approaching. Listen, the day of the Lord. Then the warrior's cry is bitter. That day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of destruction and desolation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness, a day of trumpet blast and battle cry. I will bring distress on mankind. And they will walk like the blind because they have sinned against the Lord. Zechariah 14 describes light at evening, a lack of light during the day, water flowing from Jerusalem in two directions in summer and winter, hills splitting, Jerusalem in battle, people suffering and fleeing, and a horrific plague upon all who fight against Jerusalem. And the phrase, holiness to the Lord, engraved on the bells of horses. Malachi 4.1, for indeed the day is coming, burning like a furnace, when all the arrogant and everyone who commits wickedness will become stubble. The coming day will consume them, says the Lord of hosts, not leaving them root or branches. That's kind of grim, isn't it? Well, that depends. Because God isn't decreeing all this against everyone. There's a difference, and Jesus makes it clear he will make sure everyone sees the difference between the sheep and the goats, between those who belong to him and those who don't. All those prophecies are from the Old Testament. They were given revelations about it even back then, thousands of years even before Christ came. There are more prophecies from Christ himself and the writers of the New Testament. 
adds a little more detail. In Matthew 24 and in Luke 17, Jesus predicts that many will come in his name to deceive. False prophets will arise. We will hear of wars, nations, and kingdoms rising up, and there will be famines and earthquakes. They will hand us, Christians, over to persecution and death. We will be hated by all nations for the name of Christ. Lawlessness will multiply and the love of many will grow cold. The good news of the kingdom will be preached to all the world and then the great tribulation will come. Sun and moon will be darkened. Stars and powers will fall and be shaken. The sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky and all the earth will mourn as they see Jesus coming on the clouds with power and great glory. He will gather his elect from the earth. One will be taken and the other left. Acts chapter 2, verse 20. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and remarkable day of the Lord comes. 1 Corinthians 13 says that prophecies, languages, and knowledge will come to an end. Because when the perfect comes, the partial is done away with. 1 Thessalonians 5.2 For you yourselves know very well the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. 2 Peter 3.10, the day of the Lord will come like a thief. On that day, the heavens will pass away with a loud noise. The elements will burn and be dissolved, and the earth and the works on it will be disclosed. And then we have Revelation, where it mentions song and feasting, light and reunion, healing, no separation, no tears, no death, a river of life, a tree of life, a new Jerusalem, a new heavens, and a new earth. Great day of the Lord, still to come, means a lot of terrible things for non-believers and all the best things that we believers hope for. As big as Easter is and should be, this day that's coming is going to be so much bigger. There will be no way to deny or ignore or minimize any part of it. When God shows up, everyone knows that's who it is. Christ didn't just die. He isn't just risen. Christ will come again. And because the death and resurrection was the conclusion of Jesus' mission on earth, because it had been predicted by prophets for centuries, because its major elements, thematic elements, have been in different forms, an integral part of nearly every heroic, romantic, and epic tale throughout the world and time. Because all of the future events made possible by his death and resurrection, because of the universal, epic significance of this day of the Lord in the past, present, and future of human history, I just don't see a way to overstate the massive meaning of Christ's death and resurrection. Everything in heaven and on earth, past, present, and future, natural and supernatural, all of it depends on Christ's fulfillment of his mission. All of existence hung in the balance 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem. All of it. Jesus Christ, then, must be the most important person we could possibly know. Think about these things. Everything in the life of Christ was and is significant. Even his names are important. 
Remember Dave Fox talking about all the deep, rich meaning of the word Messiah, anointed one. Without Jesus, nothing was made that was made, says John's Gospel. Revelation, he calls himself the Alpha and the Omega, the source and the completion. He's been given the name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The book of Revelation reveals that every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn, begging rocks to cover them from the day of the Lord. Only the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the son of David, the son of man, And the Son of God is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll of God's resolution of history. It is for the Son of God that the church is called the bride, adorned with good works and beauty, ready to be received by him when he returns to rule, rescue, and right the wrongs. And it is only by his blood that we have an escape from his wrath at man's sin and Satan's deceptions. Only by his name can, be, can we be saved. Only through him do we enter the path to life. He alone is the way, the truth, and the life. The good shepherd who heals, provides for, protects, and leads his sheep to green pastures and still waters. His every interaction recorded in the Gospels and beyond brought transformation to someone He changed the lives of everyone who knew him, even his enemies and his critics. Secondly, every promise he made will be fulfilled. None of his words was careless or out of place. None of his followers chose him. He has chosen all of us on purpose, and he chose our good works that we might walk in them. And he has prepared a place for us, a home with him, a paradise beyond imagining where no sin, no death, no pain, and no evil can possibly dwell. Big enough for all of us, personal enough for each of us, just as Jesus himself is. He promised to be with us always, all the way to the end of everything. He promised the Holy Spirit. He promised greater understanding of the truth. And he promised he would come again. And third, every battle he fights, he wins. And it ain't close. Who is this man? For he was a man, fully and completely. He lived and died as one of us, tempted in every way as we are. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, with nowhere to lay his head. No retirement, no bank account, no headquarters, no website, no campaign manager. No vehicle or even a horse to ride. 
had to borrow the one donkey that he ever got. No home, no officially recognized position, no little corner to call his own, no support group to help him out. He took on all that and won. He took on the religious establishment and won. He took on our sins and won. He took on our diseases and won. He took on demons and Satan himself and won. He took on the hypocrites with political power and won. He took on our weaknesses, our helplessness, our physical world's forces and won. He took on unbelief and won. He took on danger, accusations, lies, and dismissal and won. He took on the worst physical punishment imaginable and won. He took on death itself and won. And he took on each of us and is winning every day. When the lone gunman says, go ahead, make my day, we see in the hero an attitude of complete confidence, even to the point of contempt for the enemy's pathetic efforts to stop him. When Jesus says, no one can snatch them out of my hand, I will rise again on the third day. And I will be with you always. His confidence is even greater. He was before Satan, before us, and before time. And he shall reign forever and ever. He even took on time and won. Christ is Lord of all. Dominus Horiae Resurrexi 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 The Lord is risen today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Sons of men and angels sing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Raise your joys and triumphs high. Hallelujah. Sing ye hands and earth reply. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, where thy victory 
your grave. Hallelujah, hallelujah. hallelujah. Feast has told me this holy and resurrection. Christ the Lord is risen to Christ has told me this holy and resurrection. Christ is risen to God's redeeming work is done. Christ the Lord is risen. So, what do we have? We have the most unexplainable, undeniable, most predicted yet least believed series of events in all of history. The crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth the Messiah, the Son of God. We have such an important accomplishment in the hope of mankind throughout history that the lives of believers and non-believers alike have never been the same since. We have a unique future and present due to these unique events in the past. We have a man who claimed to be God, did what only God would and could do, and said what only God would say. And even his enemies took him seriously. We have such an astounding, astoundingly unique presentation of God himself that no ordinary man could have done it, and none have ever tried. We have such a beautiful picture of God's love for us, a love unstoppable, relentless, invincible. And the Son of God and man, the Lamb who is worthy, the one who alone could beat death, our enemy, humanity's sin nature, and even time. And he did. The crucifixion reminds us that we need a Savior. The resurrection shows us that we have a Savior. 
That is the best news ever. And it makes Easter the biggest day yet. And as big a day as Easter was and is, the biggest and best day is still to come. Jesus himself said during his last supper with his disciples that he would no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when he will drink it new with us in his Father's kingdom. We all wait eagerly for that drink. For that day. That day that is certain only because of the days we celebrate now. The days of crucifixion and resurrection. Lord, we thank you for this great day. Especially for this day. Because we know the last great day is coming. Certain, sure, and unstoppable. We thank you every day for the great day that is coming soon. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it.